Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the TF Cast. I'm your host, Willis Stout. Hey, Grum here. It is February 22nd here in the Solarium. And I'm your host, Jacob Bases. Today with us, we have Luke Smith, singer, songwriter, producer, and music educator. Luke, would you please introduce yourself to the audience, tell them about your various projects and what's coming up? Yeah, so my name's Luke Smith. I perform as a singer-songwriter as Luke Thomas Smith, including my middle name in there to be more differentiated on Spotify. Then I also produce as Late Night Luke and make hip-hop and lo-fi. And I'm also a guitar teacher and piano teacher at Rhapsody Music in town. Cool. Um, well, what, what was your first project? What was the, the project that got you into music and making you think this is the thing you want to revolve around? Yeah, I think mostly it started, I was a guitar player first before I sang. I wrote a lot of instrumental pieces, finger picking, that kind of stuff. And I got more into it, and then I decided that I just wanted to write a lot of songs. And that was even before I was a singer at all. So, so were you writing a lot of uh, fingerstyle guitar music? Yeah, just kind of a lot of instrumental stuff, very peaceful, kind of similar to the stuff I do now, but just instrumentals. What what's your uh what's your current like discography like? Do you have a you have a complete album out? You have a, a one full album as uh, Luke Thomas Smith, right? Actually, I or, don't. It's all been no? EPs so far. So okay. I have about four EPs of Luke Thomas Smith. Okay, cool. That, that probably makes up an about an approximately an album. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you working on anything right now for that project? Yeah, well, I've finally been getting into writing again. I had a long hiatus where I was just working on beats and just dealing with other stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm finally getting into writing songs again, so it's been fun. Nice. And and you've been uh, playing, you've been one of the artists in the area who I've seen out playing a bunch of Tuesday tunes and, and uh, stuff like that, kind of definitely making some rounds in the area. Uh, what's that been like over the last, I mean, especially the last couple of years, like just being a little different and stuff, but what's that, what's that been like and how's that fit into your projects? Yeah. So I try to, I try to perform a lot as mostly a singer songwriter. I haven't done anything live as electronic music yet, but it's been really great. I think Mankato has a lot of places to play just even within walking distance. It's like the coffee shop, the wine cafe and the circle Inn, mm-hmm. the what's up lounge. And that's all within a few blocks that I can walk to. So it's, it's been a place I've been playing at for years before I lived here. And now that I'm here, I have like a million places I can play at. Right what, what brought you to Mankato in the first place? Yeah, so I originally came here because I was going to school. I went to school for music industry at MSU. And I just started to get into the town a lot more as I was going to school and exploring open mics and kind of realizing there's a music scene here. Because that wasn't something that was obvious until I actually was here. Mm. Sure. And uh, what what was the experience of discovering that? Like, where were you at when you decided that this was something you wanted to invest your time in, Mankato, that is? Yeah, I think a lot of it was I was realizing there's a lot more events and scenes going on that I didn't have time for because I was working full time and going to school. And so once I was done with that, I kind of wanted to just take more time just to go to shows and meet people and kind of experience it all that way. It was just tough to, so it was almost like you felt like there was more you hadn't quite gotten to yet, more to be done in the area. Right, exactly. Because it'd always be events and I'm like, I can't, I'm working that night for pretty much everything. So Uh, Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, you have quite a bit of 
material both out and uh, that you play live because I, I'm pretty sure you do like three hour shows and stuff like that, right? Yep. Yep. Um, did you, what was the beginning process of that? Like, did you like learn a bunch of covers and start going out or did you like try to amass like a catalog of your own first? Yeah, I think I think my main motivation for playing live was just trying to play my original songs. Yeah. So at first, covers were kind of a necessary evil. And I do enjoy playing covers now, but yeah. at first it was like, I know I can't go to a bar and just play all original music. I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's not going to go over well. Yeah, mm. I'm struggling with that same thing right now. I never really learned that way. Yeah. I just learned through writing. So it's been trying to learn covers so I can fill out a set is something that's been plaguing me lately. So that's mainly why I asked. Did you... Did you did you start with like big long sets like that or did you kind of like build up to it? I kind of built up to it and I was yeah. lucky I started at bars that were really open. I'd just be like, I just have this amount of time. I think at first it was like 20, 30 minutes and I just cool. did it twice. The, uh, and they were pretty cool with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. That's sure. what, um, when you went out to do that, what kind of music were you playing? Who were you covering? Yeah, kind of some stuff, uh, original stuff I've done like the one I played today, High and Dry, was one. Mm -hmm. And then the Beach Boys, the God Only Knows, I still do that one. A lot of these I've updated quite a bit, but I started with not a ton of covers. I did Lua by Bright Eyes. And even then, I wasn't even doing super well-known songs. It was still stuff I kind of liked, so. Yeah. That kind of leads to my next question, which is what were your musical influences, uh, both when you started playing music and uh, have they changed to where they are now? Yeah, I think... Starting out when I was getting guitar into guitar especially, I was really into Jack Johnson and John Mayer. That was kind of my two guys that I tried to emulate. Mm. And I kept writing a lot even as I was getting into hip-hop and other stuff. So for folk, it was kind of interesting. I Sometimes I wouldn't listen to folk for a long time, but I was still writing it. Mm. Um, but yeah, since then, kind of getting into Bob Dylan, Bright Eyes was a big one. Uh, Ray Le Montang, just kind of anyone I liked had a good sound and good lyrics that i could get into yeah would you say you're pretty lyrically driven as a listener i would say no actually i think i'm more vibe driven okay so even okay. if i just get a little a bit of the lyrics and i kind of get the main story i don't necessarily need to know all of it okay like yeah that's interesting because i <clears throat> i listened to a ton of instrumental music i didn't start listening to singing until i tried to learn how to sing recently also uh have you ever really gigged with like other people in like a band setting or anything like that not not a whole lot i had a couple shows where i had a band put together but yeah. it was kind of haphazard and not super refined but it was still fun like yeah good experience do you think you'll try and do that more in the future then? yeah definitely especially with just open mic and playing with people that's something yeah. i've kind of missed out on i'd like to just get more stuff going for my own stuff or just working on other people's stuff yeah, me, Willis, and Luke actually have a project that only exists within my open mic called Echo in the Locations, where a podcast guest and friend Echo sings for us, and then Luke's on bass. I'll play drums or guitar, and then Willis will do some electronic stuff. It's really fun. It's really fun having you come up and do that, and you let me play with you all the time. So that's really sick. And you, is that... Uh, you said you got your start doing open mics, kind of. Where around were you playing, though? Oh, actually, I didn't even get started at open mics at first. Uh, this is okay. kind of interesting. I went to school for music originally in 2011. 
okay. for one semester at McNally Smith. And at that point, I was just writing instrumental stuff. Um, but I took a class for songwriting, and it was a requirement that it had to be lyrics, and you had to sing them. Mm. <laughs> Which was like terrifying, but I was also secretly happy because it was a great excuse. Oh, well, I have to sing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. that was a great boost of confidence for me because those people were pretty intimidating. Yeah, there's a lot that. of really talented people there. Heck yeah. So, what was that process like for you as a person who primarily wrote uh, instrumental music to move over to doing singer songwriter kind of stuff? Yeah, it was interesting because I I did kind of do it a little bit in secret and private. I wasn't trying to show anybody or anything. I was pretty shy about it. So it was kind of just getting used to how nervous I got having to sing in front of people. That was like the main obstacle. I didn't even think I was bad. I just knew I was terrified singing in front of people. Sure. What was the, uh, do you have any tips for what got you over that? Was it just repetition? Yeah, I think I just had to do it and then just be okay with the fact that I was going to feel a certain way and I just had to get through it. Like just not trying to control, like trying to make myself not nervous. I just had to go and be nervous. Makes sense. I would have almost thought the opposite nearly that when I when I first heard you playing, you have such a, a distinctive and I don't know if breathy is the right word voice that I would have thought that like, oh, this is a singer who like learned to play guitar because like they have a very like specific singing style. And then to find out that it's the opposite is kind of interesting. Um did you develop that style or is it just the way that you've always sang? I think I kind of have a theory about it. I don't know if this is accurate, but at first when I was singing in my parents' basement, I didn't want anyone to hear me, even my family. So I would just sing super, super quiet. Mm. And then I think that's kind of where it started is just kind of me putting no breath whatsoever into it or a lot of breath, but not a lot of sound. Oh, sure. Interesting. Yeah. And I took singing lessons to kind of clear that up, but then... She told me you can sing that way. It's not like a bad yeah. thing necessarily. I, say, I like I like it. I, I've I've been able to pick you out, and I've probably heard you play live two or three times, and I've seen a few recordings on the internet, but I've still walked in and be like, "Oh, Luke's playing." So, I mean, it it stands out. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. Um, so with with like getting started as a as a vocal uh, scene basically what were what were some of the other challenging parts about that um did you play did you play your um full set before you started singing did you do any uh like playing out uh at, with the just electronic part or um just the guitar i never i never did too much of that i would okay. show some people and they would like some of them but i always got the feedback oh now you need lyrics over it and uh, I had a couple buddies, like one buddy who tried to write some stuff, but he was kind of just making generic stuff up. And yeah. I probably should have collaborated with him, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is my precious song. I don't want you to, <laughs> to ruin it with your stupid lyrics. Yeah, but in retrospect, we probably should have made some stuff together. Yeah. I've been encouraged you to, to write lyrics you were happy putting on them. That's probably probably a win yeah i could have communicated better I'm sure. <laughs> what's the songwriting process like for you how do you like get started with something i think it's pretty much just always coming from chords for me or finger picking or kind of working it out that way mm. and then the lyrics are always the part that takes me longer and i'm trying to get better at it and i'm trying to be more self-expressive in my lyrics um yeah because especially like for jared smile bro stuff he really puts it out there and i'm like that's really 
really cool to listen to his stuff because it's so vulnerable. Yeah. So I'd like to, to be more open in my own writing for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can literally only write jokes that are like, a, 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 I can only write songs that are a joke or like way too serious. I'm really bad at finding like, like a middle ground. Like it's either like getting high and going to Aldi's or like I'm sad and depressed and I should be alone forever. I don't have like a, <laughs> yeah. like a center line there. <laughs> I mean, it, I feel like that's a normal experience though. It's a very normal experience to get high and go to Aldi. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Know, it's, it's relatable. A, it doesn't feel like a joke when you sing it. <laughs> I, I look at you and I believe it. Like, <laughs> it's about a real day I had. That song is literally, I looked up and it said write about your day so i just literally wrote a song that was the day i had i went to aldi i went to my studio and i went to wine cafe and that's <laughs> so i just wrote that it's great i wonder if anyone's ever heard that and been like yeah now i know for sure he was high <laughs> <laughs> he was looking at those insect eating plants for too long <laughs> why do i have those at aldi anyways i don't know um, protect your produce what have you had um what what, how do you come up with your lyrics? Is it is it introspective or are you writing about your days? What's your process like for that? Yeah, I'm trying to, I guess I kind of, at first when I was writing, I made it pretty, pretty darn vague where I can't even, some songs that I've had before, I can't even decipher them myself now. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, just kind of thinking melody first and kind of taking it from there. Mm. So I'd, I'd say in a way I prioritize melody over lyrics. And that kind of helps me finish too, because if I try to get perfect lyrics, I just can't. I just have to be okay with the lyrics that I got out. And then a couple weeks pass, I'm like, no, these are good. I like these. Mm. Well, I mean, isn't doesn't people are gonna make whatever they want out of it? Like, you could write a perfect song, and then somebody's gonna misinterpret it. You know? So yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't write songs like that, so I can't even imagine what that feels like. Yeah, songwriting's always always felt like one of those difficult things and we've we've talked to a lot of different people on this show even who've had like kind of varying strategies or ways of doing that um and it seems like everyone does it differently yeah the way laura does it helped me the most like literally just word vomiting for like longer than you need and then like going back and picking out what what yeah. you like yeah that's it that is, i think that's probably the single best piece of advice that's ever been doled out on this podcast yeah i i use that one too when i have had mm -hmm. to write numerous things besides get high before you go to aldi that's what i did that thing not the getting high and going to aldi i've <laughs> <laughs> done that we're like getting a whole page of lyrics out it was when we were sitting at um the open mic the other day for some reason yeah. i just like it turned on and I had two pages filled and I didn't, I don't even think I've looked back at them yeah. and turned them into the songs that they were, but I remember being pretty stoked about it. I feel it. like the best stuff I've created in general, let alone like music I've written is like the stuff that I kind of sat down, wrote in like one or two cities and like kind of thought was kind of like corny and just something I wrote really quick or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had this experience with Onion Bun to where like the songs that we've put in like months and months of labor never get brought up as people's favorite songs it's always like the song i wrote in an afternoon or something like that do you have that experience luke yep i've definitely had that a lot quite a bit yeah. which is funny because especially in retrospect you kind of forget how long it took you and how short it took you yeah but then i sometimes will look back and be like yeah i really planned this to be good and yeah, i didn't yeah. tell people i thought it was good because i want the honest reaction yep, yep and then no one said anything 
versus like you said the one that you wrote in like a couple hours and then people are giving you all these compliments on it yeah. and it feels fake because you're like well that just took me not that long yeah i have grown songs that took me days and weeks to write and then the one i get the most compliments on is the one i wrote in one afternoon it's it's interesting how like the labor on art can be like that you can definitely overdo it right you just kind of have to just keep showing up and making stuff and then when it's good it's good yep yeah it's flexing the muscle what what are your motivations like what has you maintaining the desire to show up what are your goals like yeah i think well for motivation i just feel like i'm I notice how much happier I am when I'm creating stuff. It's just something I got to do to to feel okay. And that's kind of my main motivation, I would say, is just, that's just how I need to be healthy. Because um, if I'm not doing that stuff, I just feel kind of depressed, you know? Um, yeah, I have the same thing. Yeah, and I, and I just, it's like, it, you kind of forget that in a way if you go a little while without making something, you know? Mm. And then you're like, oh, well, this was it. Yep. Just like maybe you're dehydrated and you're like, oh, I need to drink some water. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. When did you uh, come to that realization? I think it was actually when I first went to music school. I was in uh, the MIDI library and I was making like really, really bad beats because I didn't know what, what I was doing. But then I was hanging out with a buddy after and he kind of pointed out that like, oh, you're just like glowing right now. Like, what did you do? <laughs> like I was making like terrible songs in the, <laughs> in the <mini> lab. <laughs> and they were really bad. I had no idea what I was doing, but it was great. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I've, there's, uh, there's something about the things that, you know, you get you excited or the ones that you see through to a point of them being like worth something. I don't know if you're not if it like I've want I've wanted to play the guitar. We were talking about this earlier. I've wanted to play the guitar for a long time, but I clearly haven't wanted it enough to pick it up every day for more than two days in a row. And and that's all it takes. I feel like you need something that gets you excited to keep going. What were the uh, other the other pieces that like helped you learn? You know how to go from me making beats that you weren't very stoked about to uh, having having stuff that you think represents your art well yeah well actually i should clarify that i thought they were good at the time Classic. yeah which is great i think being naive is kind of helpful in that way because yeah. if i was realistic i'd be like i'm not gonna waste my time on this this is bad yeah or, but i didn't know that i was naive so Maybe I'm naive now still. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a, a lot of people should like probably come to that, you know, like that you've learned and a long path has gone along because they couldn't, I mean, it couldn't be what you played for us today, you know? I mean, I was there, I heard it and then we're doing this now. So, I mean, if it was truly awful, I would have, we would have booted you, right, I think. Yeah. <laughs> not been, sure. Yeah. That would have been such an awkward moment. Yeah, you know, actually, we're not going to have you on today. <laughs> yeah, my microphone's uh, out of juice. Yeah, we can't. It's on the fritz. <laughs> yeah. we, they're, yeah. they're full. We got to dump out the words. And then, well, they, you mean, you mean, yeah. like, oh, okay, that checks out. <laughs> you, you played a couple songs for us today um, that we're pretty stoked to, to share. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about those ones? Uh, there was pa Passerby was one for sure, that, and then you played ho Hollow, I think, was a cover, or is it? Ooh, uh, high and Dry. High and Dry. There. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, passers-by was, I wrote it in the practice room at MSU. And it had a really romantic feel to it. So I made it really romantic, which actually I don't actually, I don't do that a lot <laughs> at the time. So just kind of came out as a love song. Mm. Feel pretty good about it. Nice. Is it a love song with direction? Direction? Like, is it for someone specific? Oh, no. That's a good, good question. Just a general song about love. And then um, High and Dry is the other one. What, what, where'd you pick that one? That one, that's like the first one I wrote that I actually like. That's one, that's one like, that's like nine years old at this point. Wow. But I still have fr some friends that come to my shows and want to hear it, which mm -hmm. is great. And then the other people don't really care. They're not noticing, oh, he's playing this really old song, you know, <laughs> just a song they don't know. <laughs> Can you tell in that song that your, you know, writing style and your performance style has evolved? Do you find that you're like playing it how you used to? Or are you able to keep it fresh and make it sound like you want it to today too? Yeah, I think the main evolution is just me knowing how to sing a little bit better, not needing to take as many unnecessary breaths. Um, yeah, and I have some really old recordings of that too, which is fun because I can compare and it's a bit faster and a bit better played. Oh, cool. But other than that, the heart of it is still there. Is all your stuff self-produced? Yep. Yep. Sick. I love that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, it's... You all want to break real quick for ads and then yeah. come back and talk about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Be right back. We're just going to take a quick moment out of this podcast to let you know what we do. We are a media and event production company, and we offer multicam and live streaming production solutions for your next project. We'll show up to your venue or event. We'll produce the stage, lighting, really anything from stage management to day of production. Keep up with us at triplefalls.org. And if you want the best versions of all of our content, we have expanded our podcast distribution to be on Apple Music as well as Amazon and a few others. And for our video content, the best place you can find us is on YouTube. Thanks for watching. All right. Welcome back. We are here with Luke Smith. Um, we'll just reintroduce you a little bit. Luke Smith is a singer-songwriter and producer. And Luke, you're telling us that you're putting out a, another EP or putting together another EP for your friend. Uh, fill us in on that project and tell us what you have going on there. Yeah, so a good friend of mine is getting married. He's getting married in New Mexico in a month. And I've always had this thing where my friends are getting married and I write a song about them. Just kind of have been a running joke for a long time. And he's one of my best friends, so he's getting a whole EP of music getting about four or five songs that are mostly going to be inside jokes and uh, pretty silly, pretty fun. Just, just something to kind of get the creative juices flowing. Got like some folk stuff on there. Got some hip hop, got like a lo-fi song. He had a going away party where a lot of people gave speeches about him. So I'm going to sample all that in the lo-fi song. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun gift to give him. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That's like literally the coolest wedding present I've ever heard of. That's sick. <laughs> what, what was the first, like, when did you decide you were going to do this? Did you have some kind of, uh, like, it, it, it evolved from a joke into, like, a full-fledged production? What was that like? Yeah, I guess it's just, it's really fun, I think, to make art specifically for people. Like, it's for no other audience. Like, I'll share it with other people, but it's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of inside jokes and uh, stuff they may not necessarily get. And I just think it's really cool as an artist to be able to make something 
for friends specifically. I feel like people don't do that enough. Sure. Yeah, they're you're saying that they don't that they cater to the wider audience instead right. of like, you know, mm. producing something for that individual. Right. And I feel like we have so much creativity, like you can use some of it for that for that. Mm. You know? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't know. Is do you think do you think that there's a real limit on creativity or is it just your energy that you have time for in the day? Yeah, that's a good point. I think it is just how much time you have. Mm. Mm. Um, what, what other, uh, creative projects do you have waiting for your time? You know, what do you, what do you, uh, is it, is it just, uh, more music? Yeah, mostly music right now. I putting together a lo-fi EP and I want to eventually release like a rap album because I like to rap a lot for fun. I'm not the best at it. I have a couple of songs out, but it's just one of those things. that's just something I enjoy that I want to put more time into. I don't expect to be a serious rapper at all, but it just, it makes me, gives me a lot of pleasure just to put that stuff out. Sure. That's really awesome. cool. Well, um, we know that you've got uh, some other music, like your bowling song that we want to direct people to for any and all uh, bowling reels and other stuff like that. Is, are there any other little like Easter eggs we can plug before we rewrap it up here? Yeah, I think the only other one is Coffee Shop, my lo-fi song that, that got like 70,000 TikToks using it. Heck Yo, I'm still not sure sick. how that happened. It just kind of, we just noticed coffee it one shop. day. It's probably the name. It's probably like people in a coffee shop just looked up Coffee Shop and sound. Yeah, That's exactly. so sick. That yeah. helped a lot. <laughs> and yeah. I recently made a bowling reel where I didn't lose Luke's song. So yeah. yeah I was, was going to call you out for that. Yeah. It happened. I'll, he sent me a Venmo request for it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. well, tell us about that a little bit. You you saw you saw a need and you filled it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the bowling one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was also one hundred percent an inside joke, just for my friends, because we started bowling a lot. We called ourselves the Bowly Boys. Ooh. And me and one other guy on the team, or not a team, we just bowl with each other. Mm -hmm. But me and one other guy made some music together, so. It was like 100% a joke, but it's like one of my favorite songs I've done. I don't know what it is. I just think it's just catchy and stupid, and I like it a lot. <laughs> sure. That's awesome. And uh, it's getting picked up uh, on the reels end, or it just fills that spot? Oh, yeah. Actually, that one is a little bit on the reels, too. There's like, I think, 300 reels on Instagram and then like 70 TikToks. Oh, right on. So. That's fun. Cool. What do you, do you like, uh, you like the way that as an artist, you're able to like share some of those, uh, in different formats like that? Is that something you're pretty excited about? Oh, like reels and TikToks and things? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think so. It's kind of cool. It's not something I expected to happen for a lot of these, but yeah, it's just kind of like the coffee shop one. People will look up a keyword and then I have a song that's pretty specifically, Hey, this is about bowling. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, that's a it's a interesting to imagine like curating for that or you know whether you do or don't um it's just a it's a different format for media but in in zach and i created a stinger for a comedy thing just recently and i was like the place we need this is on tiktok so that we can like shoot videos and use it so i think producing for for those formats is kind of an interesting concept and i mean in a lot of ways could be seen as more impactful than like i don't know printing some songs to a cd or something you know people really using it to create and 
and do stuff. That's mm-hmm. pretty neat. Yeah, and it's so interesting to me too how people hear like the 10 seconds of it or whatever like a million times. Yeah. It's like the rest of the song could really be bad and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> That's weird. There's a bunch of pop tunes like that where you'll hear them and then you're like, oh, I know the 10 seconds from the middle, but I was pretty unfamiliar with the rest of it. Yeah, or how, how they is. like go through niches, you know? There's like, um, occasionally I'll be on instagram and i'll fall into a funnel of like car stuff Mm. and they will they have the weirdest sound bites you know (laughs) it's it's unlike anywhere else and now you know you have to like purposely click your way out of it but uh, it's interesting that you don't hear those songs Mm. anywhere else um or like they just somehow don't leak into the other parts Mm. i'm sure it happens with some of the bigger ones but Mm. who knows how it works yeah it's wild. I think it'd be interesting to consider like what new opportunities are possible with some of the stuff like that, like either ways to repurpose existing music or like mm. um, even just ways to highlight music that maybe like, I, I think for me, I know some of my, my music is like a good fit for like a study playlist and or like, um, a certain kind of video I could imagine just being cool too. So trying to think about that and then kind of show up in those places would be, would be a good way to start. You, uh, Mm. you teach kids, right? You teach like kids how to play guitar. Do they have like, where do they see themselves playing? Are they, do they, do they want to contribute to those conversations or are they just getting told to practice by their parents? Yeah, it's interesting. It kind of depends on the kid. I have quite a few that, maybe aren't the most into it right now, but they're kind of getting the foundation, Yeah. which I don't think is the worst because later on, if they're into music, they kind of have their foot in the door already. Yes. And then some kids that are just really, really into it. And uh, yeah, I have one kid that he's just super excited to learn piano. He was so happy to learn about the notes and how if you know these notes, then it's the whole piano. And he's like, wow, like that blew his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like those kids are a lot of fun to teach. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I I was reluctantly a student of piano when I was a child. And mm-hmm. I, when I was a younger adult, like in my early 20s, I thought that oh, I was all for nothing, that I did that. I'm not a good musician now. But when I reached my late 20s and decided that I wanted to make music part of my life again, Having those lessons, they, they were there. You know, I, I had a basic understanding of theory and my way around a keyboard. So I don't feel like it ever really leaves you. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I, I've taught kids, too, that had previously taken piano. And there's like a whole side of it I don't need to teach them because they already got mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. We can just focus on other things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, any uh, final plugs, anything you want to tell the people before we, we wrap it here? Yeah, nothing nothing specific. I'm just going to be making a lot of stuff, probably more late-night Luke stuff in the coming future, but cool. yeah, hoping to put out a lot of, lot of music. Cool. cool. Yeah. Catch them on uh, Late Night Luke and Luke Thomas Smith, Spotify, Instagram, wherever else you can find them, TikTok. Cool. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks. Long time watcher, first time guest. See.